I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good day to all of you beautiful horny babies that are listening to the latest episode of Mike Check. Thank you so much. Before we get into the show, I just want to give you guys a little bit of news and a little plug up the top. This weekend... On the 16th of October, that's Sunday, Cameron and I will be appearing as the guests on the John Conway Tonight Show that will be live at the Cafe Lounge in Surrey Hills. Starts at 7pm on the 16th of October, this Sunday. It's going to be a great show. It's probably my favorite show in town. It's a very fun, silly Super cool talk show with John Conway, one of the master comedians of Australia, as the host. Also, next weekend, Saturday the 22nd of October, Cameron has got the encore performance of his fantastic stand-up comedy show, Shanana, at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. There are tickets available online, and if I've been a very good boy, they're in the show notes. Now, we're going to have the latest episode of Mic Check, which is something a little bit different. Now, isn't that special? Please enjoy Carving It Up, the Dana Carvey podcast. You're listening to Carving It Up, the only podcast that is all about former SNL actor and comedian Dana Carvey. What is up, Daniacs? What is up, Carvebuncles? You're welcome Welcome into the Turtle Club. This is the podcast. I just want to say, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, head out into the cinemas and watch The Secret Life of Pets. It's currently screening in all cinemas around the world right now. Every cinema, the film is there. It's a sensation. Carvey's back on top and I couldn't be more happy. He plays the voice of a little dog in the movie. Uh, so that's right. This podcast is unofficially sponsored by The Secret Life of Pets 2016 from the same people that brought you Minions. Uh, We are doing a very Isn't That Special episode today. Uh, We're going to be discussing the film of Dana Garvey. That's right, the film. One (laughs) one film, no plurals. Uh, As always, I am your host, Alexi Toliopoulos, one of the greatest carvebuncles in the world out there right now. And I'm actually joined by a very special guest. He's a film critic from the Blank Slate Movie Podcast and also a historian on the works of Mike Myers uh, with the podcast Mike Check, currently on um, just on iTunes. You can find them on iTunes, I think. Uh, Cameron James, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Alexi. Pleasure to be here on Carbon and Up. A long-time listener, first-time caller. Great wow. to be here. Thank you so much for your kind words. You sent me a really great email um, about wanting to come on the show and talk about this particular work, uh, The Master of Disguise. That's right, The Master of Disguise. Um, I should clarify for the listeners, I didn't actually send the email. I typed it up and then I showed it to you because I was sitting next to you yes. at the time. Can you read it out loud to the listeners? Yes, it says, Dear Alex, I got your name wrong. That's okay. Yep. A lot of people uh, do that, especially if they introduce me at comedy nights. Yeah, so Dear Alex, um, uh, love, love the podcast. Mm-hmm. Any chance I could come on... Be a guest, chill out, and maybe have a chip or two with you. 
Yeah, and I've let you eat a couple of Mackey's chippies yeah, on here. Yeah, I bought them myself. I bought you something as well. So technically, I let you have a chip. Yes. Yes. You ha- let me have one chip. A little too spicy for me, but I still ate it because I'm actually a really good host. <laughs> uh, so we're discussing the 2002 film, The Master of Disguise, this week. Is this the first time you've ever seen this film? This is the first time I've ever seen it, and uh, I believe it's the first time you've ever seen it. I believe so. And I believe that because, again, I was sitting next to you when yes. we watched it. Yeah. I believe I saw it once as a child. Mm. I would have been about 11 years old when the movie came out. And I remember being so excited that Dana was finally making the leap into feature films as a leading man. Is it fair to say that you are a Daniac? I'm a real big Daniac. Yeah. I'm a fan of Dana Carvey. What can I say? I'm you- a Danatic. <laughs> have you got Dana Beatties? <laughs> I've got Dana Beatties. I've got... No, I can't think of anything with Carvey. <laughs> I've got a broken carvicle. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, That's there we go. Right. That's collarbone. I had a broken carvicle after watching this film. Yeah. Because I, like you, grew up a, a Daniac. Love yeah. him. Love his work on Saturday Night Live. Can you tell me about Saturday Night Live? What's that? <laughs> what is Saturday Night Live? For those listening that don't know what it is. Okay, for those of you listening, um, hi, my name's Cameron. Nice to meet you all. Oh, um, sorry. By the way, I'm Alexi. Hi, Alexi. Hey, nice um, to meet you. Dana Carvey was a cast member on a variety show filmed okay. live from New York City. It's Saturday night. On Saturday nights. Yep. That's when they do it. Um, it's a long-running show. We've been going for over 40 years over at this Over 40 years. Well, 41 years, I reckon. 41 years. Most of that time has been under the tutelage, guidance, and mastery of Lorne Michaels. Yes. Get off my lawn. He's old now. <laughs> And uh, at one point in the show's history, I'm going to say from 1995. Is that true? To 1990. Let's go backwards in time. I reckon it was. Eight? (laughs) Really? I think you're making this up. No, okay. No, 1990. It must have been 1991. Yes. To 1990, when do you reckon? Are you sure? I feel like it's earlier than 1991 as well. Really? Did he start earlier? Because There's Wayne's no World way. came out in like 1990, 92. Didn't it? 92 is when it came out. Yeah, so they would have done some of those sketches previously. That This is crazy talk. You know, I could have Googled this. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't. could have I, but I also could have just known that as the host of the premium. <laughs> but Dana then, I guess Carvey the point podcast, is, uh, Dana Carvey was a cast member for several years where he did. Some wonderful characters of his own. He, he also some teamed up with some great uh, other sketch actors, including Kevin Nealon, Phil Hartman, and of course, I'd be remiss without mentioning Michael Myers. Michael Myers. So you're a really big fan of Mike Myers as well. That's how you got into Dana Carvey. Hey, I like Mike. What yeah, can I say? That's really cool. Mm. I think that's really cool. I love Mike Myers too. I actually have... um. Uh, Mike Myers podcast called Mike Chick with you. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, really yeah, yeah. am a big fan of him as Just well. Just before we move on from this, can yeah. I ask you a very quick question? Yes, of course. Ask me. Does Does Mike make you horny? So in the past, I'll be honest, Mike has made me horny. Sure. Um, because uh, I think when I was a younger boy, I thought the Austin Powers films were extremely erotic. 
in nature. And they made me feel actually really horny, baby. And then um, as I've gone on, grown older, seen some other things from like, um, I've actually become less horny. But I think that's because my sexuality has actually fully awoken. Sure. And I know what makes me horny. See, the thing about sexuality is it's a spectrum, if you believe in the Kinsey scale, which I'm a skeptic of. Mm. Um, We're all... (laughs) You never hear about Kinsey skeptics. (laughs) What happened to Erection 7? That's what yeah, I want what, to know. We want to find out. What happened to Kinsey? Yeah, where is, where where is, is Kinsey? What happens? I didn't see the end of the movie. The <laughs> Liam Neeson film. Who else was in that? Uh, Laura Linney. I was going to say Laura Linney. Yeah. I was going to. Laura Linney, one of the most... Um, Horny women. Horniest <laughs> actors. She's a real horn dog. Uh, you can listen to my Laura Linney podcast, Laura Linney in Order. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll check it out. I'll add it to my list of yeah. all the other ones of yours. That yeah, I can't wait it's to get basically to. I go through all the Laura Linney films in order. <laughs> yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, uh, yeah, so I believe that human sexuality is a spectrum. You, you can fall anywhere between Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. Yeah, would you actually say that uh, the human sexuality was a Shrektrum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. Um, and. Fittingly so, because, um, you know, Dana's down one end and he does a Shrek impression in this movie. Yeah, yeah we'll get into that a little bit and later. And Mike is down the other end and he is Shrek. He plays Shrek in films. And He's in not movie- actually Shrek. It's <laughs> okay. not actually him. He plays, he plays the adaptation of Shrek. Yeah, Shrek is actually a, um, a Roald Dahl character, I think. No, Shrek was actually a Chris Farley character. <laughs> okay, yeah. Chris Farley also from Saturday Night Live. Yes. So what's Saturday Night Live no. to you? What does it mean oh, to, to you? to me? Yes, to you. Saturday Night Live to me is show business. Yes. Would you agree? I think it is because mm. it is the business and it's shown off. It's... Look, it's one of the longest running variety programs ever. Yes, it is. And it's weekly, it's topical, and it's basically what a group of theatre kids do when they're being televised. They have a week to put on a big show. It's the Muppet Show, but it's real. It's true. So when I watch SNL or, you know, I don't really watch it so much now, but I watch clips or highlights or whatever every now and then, I feel like I'm tapping into this exciting buzz of Mm. what it felt like to be in year nine and doing a play or something at school, but it's grown up and everyone watches it isn't that special <laughs> yeah yeah that's really special so today we wanted to discuss uh, a little film called the master of disguise um it's directed by martin scorsese and uh <laughs> and uh, we watched it we actually <laughs> illegally downloaded this movie to discuss just kidding we bought an x rental from ebay it was the only way we could watch this movie <laughs> and we watched it on four by three on cameron's dvd player and his small 20-inch TV. 20? I believe it's about 20 inches. My TV? Yeah, 35, 40. I'm going to say... 100 um, inches. Well, hang on. How big's my dick, do you reckon? <laughs> um, I guess about... Um, I mean around. Okay, about one, one, uh, 12, 100 inches circumference. Okay, yeah, so it's marginally bigger than that. Yeah, sure. I generally fuck my TV. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually... um, I was told that um, I'm like the John Holmes of podcasting. Huge dong. So I know all about penis size. That's exciting, man. That's exciting. Yeah, canonically, that's true. Um, So we're going to talk about this movie now. Have a little listen to the trailer. Maybe you've seen this movie before. Um, Maybe you didn't suffer from depression before, but you will after watching this movie. Uh, So here is a little clip from that film. To solve a mystery. It is time for you to find your mother and your father. This simple waiter must become much more. 
Now I can teach you to become a master of disguise. Really? I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to yeah. be a master of disguise. This summer, your training begins now. Prepare to make the change. You are a fatty. <laughs> What's this happening? Ah, save me, save me. Ah, sorry, Grandpa. Are you a member of the Turtle Club? Am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? <laughs> Now, I don't know what clip we're going to use in the present, but I'm going to assume that it includes the famous line, Yes! Am I not turtly enough for, for the, the Turtle, turtle Club? Club? Yes, so uh, the Turtle Club, what is the Turtle Club for people with this that haven't seen the movie? Now, look, I have seen the movie, and yeah. I can't answer that question. <laughs> yeah. I think the Turtle Club, in the in the world of the film, um, the villain uh, smokes cigars, paid by Brett Spiner. Yeah. I was going to say Kevin Klein because he looks like Kevin Klein throughout this entire film. He's a Kevin Klein type. It probably said Kevin Klein type in the screenplay. Yes, I think so. It would have said, think Kevin Klein. Think about Kevin Klein. Think Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda. Yes. Think about a goofy goofball. He's got nice little curly hair that is swept back, comb it backwards. Bit of facial hair as well. slim moustache. Yeah. Slim moustache. What's the key to a sexy character? I think it's really erotic. To have a slim moustache, it shows that you're a man who's capable of growing one. And I'll posit why it's erotic. Yes. Because... You get things caught in that moustache when yeah, you're being sexual. What are you doing? You know? Perhaps kisses. You get saliva. some saliva in there, and then later on you walk and you can smell your own moustache, and you go, I can smell my beautiful bow. <laughs> my beautiful bow is or still Belle. attached to me. Or Belle, or Beast. whatever you're into. <laughs> Beast? If you're into Beast, that's actually okay. You are totally enough for the Turtle Club. So this scene, they, they go into the Turtle Club to find out... Um, Is he totally enough for the turtle club? <laughs> the, but the funny thing is, is that this um, club is not about being a turtle whatsoever. You don't have to be that turtly to get in. You <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to be a member of the club. But then David Carvey, who in this film plays Pistachio uh, Disguise. <laughs> He plays pistachio. Step through the plot. He anyway. plays pistachio disguise, who is in fact um, the current generation of the master disguises. Think the th the Phantom. You're halfway there, and he he misinterprets that to get into the turtle club. You yourself have to be very similar to a turtle. Totally in a in appearance. You have to be to put it into an adjective. Totally sure. You've heard of totally. Think that with a twist. Yeah. Think of this a little bit Joe Ferrara esque. The Turtle Club. Think outside the shell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this scene, I, I actually can't remember really what happens plot-wise. Well, I know to a he guy. says that funny line. <laughs> he says to a guy, am I not totally enough for the Turtle Club? And would you describe how he's dressed, how he looks? Can I pick one Only adjective? one. If you can use one word, I'll allow one word. Yeah, he is quite turtly. Mm. If I were to describe it in one word, I would say this guy's turtly. I'd say he's totally cool. He's totally cool. This guy's turtly. He has a giant oversized body. Yes, that's very shell-like. Much very like the shell -like. exterior exoskeleton of a turtle. His neck's long and skinny. Much like a turtle's neck. His head is bald. Much like um, my favorite actor, Gary Sweet. <laughs> 
<laughs> he has a beak-like mouth, which could be described as... Mm, bird-like, but I wouldn't describe that way. I'd say it's turtle <laughs> That's right. And he, he asks a guy, he's not allowed into the turtle club because he's not a card-carrying member. And then he takes offense to this and he says, am I not turtle enough for the turtle club? And the comedy here, in my opinion, if I had to analyze it as a comedy literate professor, um, I would say the comedy comes here because he is turtly. He's the he's the only person turtly enough for the turtle club. He undeniably he's turtly, <laughs> and then therefore he thinks that he should be able to be into the turtle club because he's the personification of what a turtle is, what Which a freaking turtle is. Is flawed logically. Yes. I can't go up to the stonemasons and go, guys, I work with. Sheetrock yes. every day, chiseling it down to its very essence. Please, can I come in your club? I can't go up to the stonemasons, change my name to Mason, and go in, hey man, let me into your club. <laughs> hey man. Am I not stonemason enough for the. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, he's a, I would be high in that scenario on weed paraphernalia such as marijuana yeah, leaves buds herbs yeah some sort of sticks and stuff like that a few yeah, seedlings a bit of paper yeah a bag so that scene i think is a crux of the movie is he not totally enough for the turtle club no he's not totally enough for the turtle club it's probably the question asked is am i not totally enough for the turtle club and the answer is no no you're actually far too totally for the turtle club and we're kind of getting we're figuring out in this moment that you actually might be the master of disguise who we've known to be kind of a bit of um guy who's a little bit developmentally challenged in this world. Yeah, sure. Now, I have a little um, bit of trivia for your listeners yes. about that scene. Well, I'll, I'll, can I set this up? Please, so Cameron please. and I watched this movie together on his um, 20-inch TV screen <laughs> on an ex-rental copy that we bought from eBay. And um, we, uh, we were like, let's learn a little bit more about cinema. Let's explore the world of cinema together. And we went onto the, this great website called the Internet Movie Database. And, um, .com. InternetMovieDatabase.com. Type that all in. Don't use any acronyms. InternetMovieDatabase.com. And then um, we looked up the trivia for this film. Mm. And we... Looked at the trivia, and the first one we read together in silence. There was about a moment of silence where we ingested the whole thing, and then we screamed. <laughs> then both of us, we both screamed, uh, which I think is an appropriate reaction to the trivia that we read. We will read you that trivia now. And we'll leave a pause, and you can insert your own screams. Yeah, please scream. Okay. The scene at the Turtle Club happened to be filming on September 11, 2001. Does that date ring a bell for you, Alexi? Yeah, I'll never forget it. Mm. Um, September 11th, for those unaware, uh, is... a uh, is um, The day the towers fell. It is the day the towers fell at the, the World Trade Center, um, where Ground Zero currently is located in New York City. Uh, it was Where they film SNL. Where they film SNL, very similar area. And um, it was a huge world tragedy where the World Trade Center was destroyed. Really upsetting. Um, it stuck with everyone a long time. I remember as a young boy seeing that on TV mm-hmm. and re- one of the first times I really understood that the world was a scary place. I'd uh, say it kicked off the war on terror. It kicked I off- I think so. Uh, close to two decades of- It changed the entire world. It, yeah. It changed the entire landscape, world. never the same. Never the same. 
man, Jason Bourne movies would not exist without this Absolutely. Film. So War really of the World changed by Spielberg, cinema. you know, would have probably still been made, but different, cin- different cinematography. Different cinematography, maybe a little bit more fun. Yeah. <laughs> the world actually was a little bit more fun. Um, there On before. September 10, yeah. 2001. <laughs> the world was. The world became a lot less fun. It was a real buzzkill. And um, I feel that that really tainted the movie. I really feel that, that well, The Master of Skies is a movie for pre-9-11 world. Now, let me let me finish this bit of trivia for you. Okay? Yes, so of course. As, as I've already explained, this scene at the Turtle Club was filming on September 11, 2001, this tragic day that we've just discussed. When word of the terrorist attacks reached the set, <laughs> the cast and crew observed a moment of silence. Yeah, that's really polite. That's really good. I applaud everybody on set, whether it be Jennifer Esposito, whether it be Dana Carvey. Brett Spiner. Brett Spiner. Um, the dad. The old man. Yeah. James the, Brolin. James Brolin, the older man. The cool boy. Anyone in the Turtle Cop that day. Yeah, anyone that happens to be filming in the tunnel that day, really good on you guys. So I just like to imagine Dana Carvey, full turtle man makeup. Yeah, oh man, full outfit. You would be in the. He would have been in the turtle. Yeah. the turtle makeup. Just turtle, turtle, turtle. Guys, guys, we've got to pause. The world's at war. Yeah. Nothing that we know will ever be the same again. Let's what, all have a moment of silence. Yeah, one of the iconic images from that era was when um, George Bush, I believe he was at like a, yeah. a, um, a public school at the time, mm-hmm. pri- a primary school, reading um, a book to children. And that's the iconic image of when he found out that towers had fallen. I suggest that we replace this image in history <laughs> with uh, the scene at the Turtle Club where, where Dana Carvey's dressed very turtly, and he <laughs> finds out that the towers have fallen. And he just shrinks into his shell. Do you think he did that? Do you think he went into his shell? I think, do you think he went into his shell when he found out? I think he must have. What else could he have done? Yeah. The world was different. And you just spend an hour in there. Or it only says here a moment, so oh, okay. I imagine that was Run. probably like... What do you think a moment is in this? Do you think it's a minute's silence? I think a moment is just... Is is anywhere between 30 seconds and two minutes. Mm. No longer. We no got, shorter. After all, we have to film this movie. And yeah. they're just like... I reckon th- there would have been a speech where the director's just like, all right, guys, so... um. It is a real shame that this happened. It's a real, real blight upon humanity, and our history will forever show this. We've now come into a whole new age. <laughs> but anyway, fix those lights. Let's go back and see. <laughs> Three, two, one, action. All right, Daniel, your line is You are not totally enough for the Turtle Club. Oh, my mistake. Let me read that script again. All right, guys. All right, turn over. Take it again. Slate in. Hi, sorry. Quick question before you yes, start. Sorry. What's my motivation? Uh, in this, I'm. Well, what, I'm trying to want. I'm trying to figure out. Well, let me help you get into the scene. Forget everything that happened today. <laughs> Pretend it didn't happen. It's just really hard to forget it. Because yeah, you will probably never forget this moment for the rest of your life. And um, Dan, I'm like, so sorry. You know, I worked in New York for a long time. Yeah, you have a strong connection to that city. Yeah. And um. So it, anyway, sorry. I should focus on yeah, the scene. So just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into this club. What is it? You're trying to get into the Turtle Club. Okay. You're trying to get into the Turtle Club because um. Yeah, what is it again? You got a cigar. 
from Brett Spiner's character. And sure. You're trying to find out who he is. Okay. You don't know he's Brett Spiner yet. Right. You got a cigar. That's all you've got because he's just thinking he stole just... your puppy. He stole your papa. Oh God, I'm just thinking about all the people he that stole lost their papa your papa. Today. Oh boy. <sighs> so he stole your papa. Anyway, mm-hmm. just forget. Take him. Take another moment. Okay. Pop in the shell. All right. All right. So guys, um. Yeah, Dan's been a bit of prima donna, actually. We're trying <laughs> yeah. to get this movie made. And um, real sorry, guys. We're just going to take another moment's break. Wait for Dana. And scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. What a um, what a great fun fact. And I actually think it's the least fun thing I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> it's probably the, fact that the it's antithesis not fun. of fun. I can't believe that's the number one. It's not even trivia. There's probably a lot of things that happened on that day where people stopped and just yeah, took a moment. took a moment. Or maybe even... Took more than a moment, like broke for the day. Yeah, so do nothing, relax. Everyone go home, call your family, call your friends, make sure everyone's okay, take this moment. But no, they just took a moment. Yeah, I think this is It's the most non-trivia bit of trivia. Yeah, because trivia is light. (laughs) Trivia means like light, entertaining facts and funness. This is the opposite. This is upsetting. It's like... Hey guys, if you want to be upset, um, one watch Master Disguise, then also right after learn that 9-11 happened during the one funny scene in the whole movie. <laughs> here's the, here's a, a bit of real trivia, right? Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler both turned down the role of Pistachio Disguise. Now See, what? That's trivia. That's trivia because that's a little bit light. It's a little bit funny. Here's something it's just that's like, not trivia. Oh, the world could be different <laughs> that uh, if that happens. Yeah, yeah. The world could be different, other than you know the fact that <laughs> now the world was plunged into a war on terror. Yeah. that's not trivia. That's not trivia. I I vote for us to petition the internetmoviedatabase dot com mm-hmm. to excise this. From the trivia page. I actually don't think that's appropriate. I think that history is a document. History is burned into this world the same way that we're all going to burn out of it one day when the sun explodes because we didn't take care of the sun properly by putting um, carbon emissions out into space. I just want to say this. You call it history, not herstory? Okay. Wow. From now on, I really appreciate that feedback. I am actually um, a feminist, and I think you're right. I will b- begin to call history Hermstery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how about we uh, we take your listeners? And Let's they are take your a listeners. Moment. They're my listeners. This is my show, Cameron. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here with I'm me I'm glad today. to be here. If we could take a moment just to reflect on Yeah. If we could just, sorry, just take one moment as well. I just want to do plug section. I just want to do a little advert. So sure, of course. give me a second. I'm going to cut in a little ad. Right now for our sponsor, and then we'll get back to the show. Okay. I think this is a good point to to take a break. Is yeah, that okay sure. with you? No, that's great. Thank right. you. Sorry, I know you you don't get sponsors on your shows, so um, neither do you on yours. But okay, uh, this is well, this is kind of a sponsor. Okay, okay, cool. Sure. So, um, all right, I'm going to cut it in now. All right, I'm just going to go for a take, and here we go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, how are we? Thank you so much for listening to the Carving It Up podcast, the only podcast about Dana Carvey. This is just a little reminder, sorry to break into the show for a little bit and ruin the pacing of where we were going and stuff like that, but I just want to give everyone a reminder that right now in cinemas, you can see a Dana Carvey movie. This podcast is unofficially... Uh, so, 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 shit, shit, let me start fucking again. 
Okay. Hey, Daniax, what's up, Carbuncle? Sorry to cut into the show and ruin the pacing of everything and how good that was all going, but we're just going to do a little word from our unofficial sponsor. That's right. This episode is unofficially sponsored by the good people at Illumination Entertainment uh, with for the new Dead Akavi film in cinemas right now called The Secret Life of Pets. Have you ever wondered what happens to pets when you leave the house? I really do quite often think about that. Well, they've actually got their own life of their own, and it's a secret. But if you come to see this movie starring Dota Carvey and Louis C.K. and a few other people such as Kevin Hart playing a little rabbit, you can come in and find out what The Secret Life of Pets is all about. about. So join us in the cinema for The Secret Life of Pets, the new film starring Dana Carvey where he plays a dog with no legs. (laughs) (laughs) It's in every cinema in the world right now. All right, Cameron, hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks. thanks thanks for the break. No worries. Good that to have a little unwind. I thought it, well, we were breaked for an hour. Yeah, well, I like to take a little time to relax after do the ads because uh, I started doing this podcast for love. Sure. For love of Dana Carvey, mm-hmm. but then um, you kind of want to get paid. Sure. So I started doing some you ads. You seemed really angry. You went into another room and I just heard muffled yelling. It sounded like you held your forearm up to your mouth and just started screaming into your, your like arm. Yeah. Um, it's just an exercise. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to do some exercise actually these days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I just sat here. Anyway, it's okay. Yeah. So, so we're talking about Master of Disguise. Master of Welcome Disguise. back from the break, guys. We're talking about Master of Disguise, a 2002 film starring Dana Carvey, directed by Martin Scorsese. Because uh, <laughs> it is about Italian people. That's what this movie is about. That's right. It's about Italian people, and the only person that has an Italian, authentic, Italiano, Americano voce is uh, Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, uh, Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. um, uh Trying to think John of- Leguizamo, Bob <laughs> <Johnny> Hoskins, <laughs> Bob Hoskins, Marty DeBerge, who of course directed Spinal Tap. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Marty DeBerge, my favorite. Director. One of my favorite directors, Marty <clears throat> DeBerge. Uh, so yeah, this is all about pistachio disguise. Uh, I'm just going to read you the official synopsis for the film. Dana Carvey plays Pistachio Disguise, the latest in the line of Master of Disguises. This is a, a group of Italian people that have the ability to turn into whatever they want uh, with prosthetics or other things like that. Or and impressions. Impressions. <laughs> impressions. Sorry, I missed that one word from the official synopsis. With impressions to turn into whoever they want and therefore be in disguises to protect important artifacts in history, I but think. But there can only be one master. There can only be one master <laughs> of disguise. So each <laughs> each. Can son- I just paint a quick picture yes, for, please, for your please. listeners? Um, Alexi was not reading that of anything. He had his eyes closed, but he was rocking back and forth, kind of like the kid from Mercury Rising. And it sort of gave me this image like he had memorized this official synopsis word for word. And then when I pointed out a word that he'd missed, because I was reading it on my computer, yes. he really started I shook to, up a little bit. to spasm, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's actually... Um that's actually come up a lot on this podcast in the past, is I do have some spasms. <laughs> I, I am only human. Well, you know what they I say. I do have a few spasms. Have spasm, will gasm. Yes. That actually is the official motto of people in a spasm club, and I actually am spasming enough for the spasm club. <laughs> um, so he's, he's Italian in this movie. He is. He is Italian in the movie. Would you describe this as wog face? <laughs> as a wog? 
I would say this is actually a little bit on the nose, on the big nose of a walk. It's, this is quite offensive. What part of Italy is he supposed to be from? Is is he? He's got. He looks like Robert mm. Redford. Like he's got yeah. this page boy haircut. Blonde. Yeah. What is with his haircut? He has that old. He's got this weird haircut, the Danny Gubby it's haircut. Like Garth got he's, a haircut. Where he's basically. got a fringe that goes halfway down his forehead. He's got very fluffy, feathery hair. He, it's not dark. He hasn't got no. dark, swarthy features. Yes, it's almost just like audio walk face. It's just in the audio, <laughs> but if you look at it, you're not going to be offended if you watch this movie on mute. So if you're watching this with your elderly Yaya or your Nonna or your Papu or your Italian grandfather, sure. your godfather, <laughs> your Il Padrino. <laughs> Uh, I would say watch this movie on mute because I they they actually <laughs> they actually are very passionate people the Mediterraneans <laughs> they're very passionate people and they're often quick to be offended. Sure. So if you're watching sure. with them, put this movie on mute because I believe not a single member of the cast of this film is Italian. <laughs> Just the director, Marty De Berghi. Was it De Berghi? Okay, yeah, that's no, right. Um, and his name. His name is Pistachio, which is a nut. It's a type of nut. And I think Dana is a type of nut. I think that's why he's called yeah. Pistachio, because he's a little nut. He's a little nutty, just not unlike Fat Bastard Stool. He's a bit nutty. <laughs> yeah. Now, his last name, on the other hand, is Disguisey. Disguisey. Now, Disguisey. the uh, etymology of that word? Well, I believe it comes from the same place the word disguise comes from. Okay. Which is Italy, because this film is a little historically accurate. Sure, they make it feel flamboyant, flamishes, just to kind of make it feel cinematic and fun mm. for a child audience. Because this movie is for children, by the way. We should we should say that, yes. Mm. It's for children. It's a lighthearted romp for the entire family, but mainly for children. And like I said before, if you watch it with your Italian or Greek grandparents, put even if you're mute. Maltese, put it on mute. Pop it on mute. He, I just want um, to say hello to all our Maltese listeners. Hello, Maltons. <laughs> Leonard Maltons. <laughs> Um, Disguisey, I will add, uh, as a fun little fact, is spelled D-I-S-G-U-I-S-E-Y. There's no I on the end there. Oh, why? Yes, a very common letter in Italian. Uh, in Italian terms, they put the letter Y at every end of one of every the end of all of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Martin Scorsese has a Y at the end. Robert <laughs> De Niro, Joe Pesci all have Ys at the end. It's actually very common and not um, not stupid or oversight or offensive at all to put that at the end. <laughs> Just, just to let you know, I'm on the side of Dana on this one. Now, I think that his last name is Disguisey because he is able to disguise. He is able to disguise, but not after. only after he does a little bit of a montage learning how to disguise. Sure. So let's step him through the plot a little bit. From uh, we begin, The story begins in 1979 in Palermo, Italy. Yes, which is in Sicily. Palermo yes. is in Sicily. Maybe that's why. Are Sicilians blonde? Um, no, if you're, Sicilians actually, ethnically, Very they're, dark. they're darker. Now, I have seen True Romance. Yes. So I do know a few terms that I could throw about No, here. you don't need to do that. Um, that's okay. Our listeners are all familiar with True Romance. Everybody um, knows. Everybody's that. seen that movie. It's one of the most famous movies of all time, after all. But people- and the scene that I'm referring to in True Romance would probably be comparable to the Turtle Club scene yeah. in this. It's the most famous scene. It's a standout scene in a standout yeah. flick. Um, and the, that, that's, that's, uh, that's all fun and good, but I would say if you're from the north of Italy, you're more likely to, to be, be a lighter complexion, a right, fairer right, right. boy. Because a you much do know fairer that, um, boy. 
um, as opposed to a pharaoh boy, yes. which is Egypt. From Egypt. Yes. Yeah. They, um, fun fact for those of you listening, um, and you can check this one out on um, the internet on my database. podcast, um, Coppin some Coppola. Yeah. Um, Robert Redford was originally considered for the part of Michael Corleone, even yes. though he is a pharaoh boy. Yeah, and they were saying... Um, it could I've be from the North. It could be yeah, from the North. It could be from the North. Yeah, I sure. believe I actually was on that episode. And when I say the North, I don't mean the North. We've got to get back to the North from no, Game of Thrones. not from Game of Thrones. No, different North. Yeah. Different world altogether. Yeah. Pre-9-11. Pre-9-11. A lot, like, yeah, the world really was a different place. For those listeners that were born after the year 2001... Mm. Um, thanks for listening to podcasts, by the way, 15-year-old kids. Really appreciate that. Five stars on iTunes. Yeah, give us five stars on iTunes. But um, the world actually really was a different place. Yeah. It was really, really different back then. There was um, Mordor. Not yet, actually. Actually, no, that was later. Yeah. In books, there was. If you, sure. If you're a bookhead, if you listen to my <laughs> podcast, bookheads, <laughs> we talk about books. Yeah. Um, we would talk about Lord of the Rings as a book series. And you've done the... Um, the Master of Disguise book on that podcast. Yeah, we you? did the original novel that's based on It's actually a novel memoir hybrid. Right. That's by uh, Kerouac. Yeah. Jack Kerouac. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about, it's a, infused of his own experiences, being a guy uh, in an imitation of life type of thing and being on the roads <laughs> and just stuff like that. Maybe he kind of changed it to make it more kid friendly. All right. So this story begins in 1979 where we meet uh, James Brolin who plays... Pistachio disguises his father, yep. um, who is a master of disguise himself. Yes, he's so good at disguising. He, in fact, in this scene, he's uh, played by Bo Derek. Bo Derek, who who's that? You're probably wondering. Well, pop on the movie Ten on your VHS starring yes. Dudley Moore, and then you'll figure out who Bo Derek is, is and she, your sexuality will awake. You will actually, depending on where you lay on the spectrum, if it's between Carvey and Myers. Yes. If you're more of a Carvey guy, maybe Dudley Moore will turn you on. If you're more of a Mike guy, <laughs> perhaps it will be Bo Derek. That actually makes you horny, baby. So if you watch that, you'll get a really good understanding of where you lie on the Kinsey scale. Um, so you watch that movie, Bo Derek, it plays a woman who's a perfect 10 in this film. She's a much older person, but wearing the same costume. Still, still a 10, I would She's say. She's still pretty good, and, actually. Um, that's a good reference for kids, isn't it? Really good reference. The Bo Derek got- in the same outfit that she wore in her film 20 years earlier. 20 years ago. And uh, referencing that exact film. Now, that's probably something more for mum and dad than it is for... Yeah. Well, that's like like I said, this is a family movie. It's not just for the kids. You can watch it with your nonna, your papu, yeah. your Maltese um, dad or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, The Master of Disguise. Uh, sorry, he likes James steals- Rowland's dad. He steals yeah. some stuff. Or he... He or maybe protects something. I don't oh, remember yeah, what he, he does. Pr- he protects something from being stolen. And then, and then Brent, the Spiner, Brent Spiner, who's the bad guy, he gets arrested and goes to jail. For 20 for years. For 20 years. Cut to 20 years later. Cut to 20 years later. Oh, I guess that Bo Derek reference makes sense because it was of the time. Of 20 years ago. Sure. 79. Did that movie come out in 1979? Why not? Yeah, why I not? I think it did. Yeah, let's just say yes. I, I, I've looked it up 100%. Came out in 1979. You don't need to look it up, anybody. But if you do, you'll see that I'm correct. Um, so that happens. Then we cut to Pistachio Disguise. They work in an Italian restaurant. And um, I would describe this as every scene in this movie is absolutely cluttered with production design. Now, there's a reason for that. Yes. This director, whose name is Perry 
Andalyn Blake. Perry Andalyn Blake. Great Italian name. Yes. He... He's got that... Blakey. He's got that Y at the end, Cameron. <laughs> Perry Andalyn Blake oh. is a... Predominantly a production designer. Oh, that's fantastic. You know so much about yes. film. What films has he been done that on? Or name... is there a production company that he's been on <laughs> where they've done... Where he's done that exclusively for every Let's single one Let's play a little game. Made. Let's play a little game. Name yeah. a film. Should I just guess movies? Well, I'll, I'll give you a... Um, I'll just a guess. banner to work on. No, no. Let me just guess. Okay. Okay. Guess. Um, uh, did he do Big Daddy? Yes, he did. Um, did yeah. he do Happy Gilmore? <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, did he do The Do-Over? He did. Um, did he do Ridiculous Six? Yes. Okay, what about... I'm trying to think of other movies. Uh, uh, Paul Blart, More Cop 2. Yeah, what about Zookeeper? Did, Zookeeper, did Blended, Zookeeper? Jack and Jill, Grown Ups. You what about don't gro- mess with the Zohan. Okay, I wouldn't dream of messing with the Zohan. Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Click. Grandma's Boy, Mr. Deeds, Joe Dirt. You get where we're going with yeah, this. Yeah, he's worked in a lot of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> This, this is this. a happy Madison stalwart. Yeah, so uh, he's a happy Madison guy. This film was also produced by Adam Sandler. Who, I don't know if you've heard this fact, but he turned down the role of Pistachio yeah, disguise. Yeah, I have heard that fact. I have heard I, that I believe fact. he said it was too offensive to Italians. Yeah, and he really couldn't, he really couldn't do that to them again. After Opera Man. After Opera Man, who's a very famous character from SNL. <laughs> now, Cameron, what is SNL? To me? Yeah, to you. Um, Shoebiz. Yeah, it is. They do wear a lot of shoes. I think about all the shoes. They, they wear, wear a lot of funny shoes in that sh- in that show. Uh, so he, then he he works at an Italian restaurant with his mama, who's got a humongous caboose. Now this may seem like Alexi's being misogyno, but yes. actually this is a plot yes, point in the film. This is actually a re- this is the plot where the whole film holds its hat upon, and it's a quite a busty caboose. The whole hold film hinges on. His mother's posterior. In fact, there's a line on the Wikipedia page that says, um, Pistachio is looking for a wife that has a large rear like his mother. And it comes up a lot. This is a real Oedipal thing. I'd say this film is very preoccupied with the uh, firstborn son, mother, sexual connection. He wants to, um, how should I say, fuck butts like his (laughs) mum's. He's really, really t- horned up by big butts. I have a question. Yes. Do you think that he's horny? I think that, um, I think it's really odd. I'm actually going to really take a second to think about this because I don't think he, it's hard to say he's horny. You can't just put that banner on him and say, he's horny. You yeah. can't do that because I feel like he's too childish to he know he's seem horny. horny does it's he? like when you're a little boy and you start humping the couch or whatever. Sure. You're like, yeah, sure. This isn't, you're not knowing it's horny. It just feels good and you get excited about it. And I think that's the stage that he's in because he is very childlike. He, um, he does, he does talk about butts a lot though. He talks about for butts someone a lot. who's not aware of their horniness. He talks about butts a lot, and, and he says, "Do you reckon Dana Carvey's an ass man?" Well, did he write this film? Yeah, I, I think th- he did. Written by Dana Carvey and Harris Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, I'm going to say yeah because I- an artist, and I can answer this as one. 
Um, we pour a lot of ourselves into our art. Yes. So that's why when you come see me, I'm often doing wog face. He, Cameron does a lot of bits where he talks about Italian, the Italian yeah. neighborhood he grew up in in Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> just there are a lot of people just eating mortadella on the streets all the yeah. time. And lot of Greek of people eating donuts. Oh, just so much feta and yeah. fajoule and gnocchi and what, olive sorry, oil. Just one second. What is the name of your next comment? Comedy festival show coming up this this comedy festival season. Um, pasta and future. Future. Uh, <laughs> it sounds really great. I can't Thank wait you. to yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. Cameron's actually a really funny comedian. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, no worries. You. I really really appreciate you. Um, so this is actually, well, I think we're at a really good point. So I have a Dana Carvey podcast. You have a Mike Myers podcast. Mm-hmm. I would think that Mike Myers, he's into titties. Mm. Dana's into ass. Well, what's with that? Can I can I draw a parallel? Yeah. You know, when you think of Mike Myers and you think of titties, what do you think of? Jubblies. He says jubblies and fembots. Fembots. Yes. That's what I'm searching for. They are... Anatomically designed cybernetic women with large breasts that distract Austin Powers. Yeah, and he gets his eyes go crazy for he those. He goes Gaga. His mojo works now, overdrive. Is there not a scene in Master of Disguise where we see three very fembot esque women, but with, with large bums, butts. and he gets distracted by them? And I think he comes in this scene. <laughs> Does. He makes a gross cum noise. He does in this kids movie. Noise, yeah. He goes or something, which uh, you know that's a noise. That's quite normal for Italian boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, Italian boy. Um, that's quite normal. I've got a lot of mates that are Italian, and we would often um, have sex in the same room together back in our college days. So sure. I've heard that noise. A very, very familiar with that noise. Yeah. Because actually, a lot of those guys are quite stallionic. And yeah, they will, Italian they'll, stallions. They all get into that. And uh, we're at a point where you've brought up Mike now. This is interesting because at this point in the film, this is what we know about Pistachio. He is one of the... Masters of Disguise, but he doesn't know this yet. Mm-hmm. He uh, loves his mum's butt, wants he, to find a girl with a butt just like his mum's. Very mama's. similar to his mother's butt. And then we get it's to a bit see... Of a hero's journey. We get to meet the nice side of pistachio. We know he's a bit of a klutz, a bit of a scribble, yes, a bit of yes, a little yes. nut, but little sweet, nutty. like a pistachio. Yes, actually, he, um, pistachio is actually a real cool nut. He... A boy falls over at the front of his store, and mm. Dana, sorry, pistachio, cheers the boy up by doing what, Alexi? He does an impression of Shrek and Donkey from the Mike Myers film Shrek. Now, imagine the way trilogy. that the cast felt on the morning of September 11 <laughs> when they this found whole film out was the made world on September 11th, was by the changed. Way. Yeah. That is how we felt watching this impression. That really, really upset us. That hit me like a hot stone falling upon my head. There was. We'd been kind of giggling at this point a bit about how silly this was. Oh, yeah, this and, is a bad movie. And like, oh, this Dana's pretty stupid. fun. This but is Dana's nice. funny, yeah. And then um, when he goes, hey, little boy, little boy, check this out. Do you know, you like the Shrek from the movie Shrek? Oh, donkey! And then does this terrible Shrek impression. A, th- a, a silence. That's not enough. That's not enough. He does um, donkey for one right. word. He says waffles. 
I don't yeah. want to do the impression, but he does you impress can do the Eddie impression because that's not Eddie Murphy's actual voice. Uh, I wouldn't do that on this kind of podcast. It's actually quite a serious podcast. I don't want to goof around too much doing impressions and stuff like that, so I won't do it. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. So I get that. really sorry, you kind that. of don't get it. I know you're a comedian, so yeah, yeah. You like um, to goof around and I'm stuff. I'm a real goof nut. Yeah, but this actually is on radio. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, this is on RN. Oh, God, I love it. This is on right now. Um, and, um, I felt sad. It really, really upset me. This really, really, really got to me. I think we both, the, the, we just felt very sick. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think after this scene happened. It was just embarrassing. It's like when, it's like watching somebody try too hard to yeah. be funny at a party and they do something that someone else does in the group or something. Yeah. Like they, if someone's got a cool, funny joke and then someone else does the thing, like, oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah, and it's just... It, we're very stuck on this connection between Mike and Dana right here. Because mm. when we saw that, it became very clear to me that Dana was trying to make a kid's movie. Mm. And he was like, oh, which of my friends makes a kid's movie? Mike, let's put that in here or whatever. <laughs> I don't. It's hard to even describe what the relationship is for this little moment because it's so odd. It felt to me like, uh, it felt to me like he was going, all right, every, I've been away from the screen for a while. Yeah. Everybody knows Mike is a bigger star than me. Yes. Can I acknowledge that in some way that is playful and also shows that I'm cool with that? I don't think that needs to happen because a lot of ki- people watching this movie, the target audience is children and their Italian grandparents and uh, old Greek grandparents. And they're already um, watching- Maltese fathers. Maltese fathers. And that's already put on mute. So they don't need to hear that part. They don't need <laughs> to hear it. It doesn't need to be on there. My, if we ask my Yaya right now if she knew who Dana Carvey was and his relationship with Mike Myers, was it weird that he was making kids movie even though Mike has already made Shrek? Mm. It feels like he's a few years behind trying to do this kind of thing. She would be like, uh, what the hell? I don't know what you're talking about. 
Wow, does she talk like that? Yeah, it's pretty That's funny, so actually. Funny. That's yeah, so it's funny. really funny. She's so, got a great sense of humor. So this uh, Master of Disguise was 2002. Shrek came out the year before in 01. That's yeah. just the first Shrek. Um, but Mike had obviously had uh, two Austin Powers movies that come out by that point. I think Goldmember came out 03. Something around so, there. So um, Mike Mike is, it's fair to say, the biggest comedy star in the world yeah, at this point. Really, really have a hitty. And Dane... Well, that was not a word. <laughs> that was not a word. <laughs> really heavy hitting. <laughs> Is that Greek? Yeah, yeah. It's a real Greek little phrase. means um, best in the world. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. He was, uh, he was the best in the world. He was the he biggest really star was. in the world. <laughs> the world. The world. Dana Carvita did that on SNL. I don't know if you're yeah. aware now, of that. Now, what's SNL to you? Well, to me, it is a variety sketch show where... Stars can be found and stars can be born. Sure. If you're on that show, it's a huge opportunity and it should not be taken lightly. And if you film a little <laughs> a little tape to send off to Lorne Michaels, it's really brave of you to do and you should never feel ashamed about it, no matter how old you are, whether you're 15 or 20 or you're 15 just doing a few, a few impressions in your room of like Robert De Niro, Donald Trump, uh, Eddie Murphy. This feels- and you send a little, little, a little tape from Wait Skype off to off to Law Michaels. I think you should be from? really proud. You should never you should never feel shame for doing that. Hang on just a second. <laughs> Are you implying in some small way that you have filmed your own SNL audition? Well, when I was 15, what? I might have done that because I was really... Okay, don't laugh at me. I was no, actually, this I is was great. I was really interested in comedy when I was 15. I was like, this is a really funny show. Yeah, It'd sure. a really good opportunity for, opportunity for me to become a star if I get on it. So I just watched a few episodes of the show, maybe three or four eps, and I was just like, they like impressions. I'll do a Robert De Niro impression. He's from New York City. Donald Trump, he's from New York City. Eddie Murphy, I think he's from New York City. And I just sent it off. He's from Beverly Hills. Well, that's actually a character that he plays, but he, that character is also from Detroit. So, did a few impressions of people that live in New York, what it's like to live in New York. Dustin Hoffman from Midnight Cowboy, where he's like, hey, I'm walking here. But yeah. I did it in an impression of him. Sure. Is this on your hard drive somewhere? Yeah, it's. Um, I'll put it up online. Because I think it, even though I'm a little bit better actor now, mm-hmm. it's quite charming to see me do it back then. This is pretty cute. Yeah, I'd love. I, I probably will upload it. I reckon you should upload it. Yeah, I think me will put on our on um not my Facebook page, it's the Carly Project because uh, <laughs> we we actually don't have a Facebook page. But if you want to host it on your Facebook page, that could be really cool. Sure, the Mike Myers one. Yeah, the Mike Check page. Sure, Mike yeah. Check. Um, that is incredible, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, That's I think it'll be really adorable. funny if I put it up there. Yeah, I think it would be really cute. I reckon a few people will splooge to it. Yeah, I'd guys, if you want to make a tribute video of it. <laughs> If anyone wants to trib. Yeah. If anyone wants to make trouble with tributes, put that on my page. Okay. So I guess what we were saying was um, this feels like Dana being, I think it's a little shout out acknowledging that he hasn't got the career of Mike. Yeah. But to me, it kind of made me very uncomfortable. It made me feel uncomfortable because I think Dana's has a great career as well. It's a different career. He didn't take the same path. His history, his legacy will still remain. And he doesn't need to do this. But he did it, and it's okay, we can move past it. Now, this is where the life of Dana Carvey and the life of Pistachio Disguise become somewhat meta, which is a Greek word. Yes. Meaning um, oily. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I thought you were saying oily. I was just trying to uh, mouth I, what you yeah, were saying. Sorry. I'm sorry. It actually just means um. I'm so uh, sorry. It means after. Uh, it means yeah. after. I saw you, your mouth started to make the... 
ah, but I thought it was oi. <laughs> oi. I, I'm so yeah. sorry. It's actually a common mistake. It's okay. Um, I know oh. what's I know what's like to be racially vilified. I did watch this movie, so it's okay. <laughs> Um, because Pistachio doesn't necessarily have the life that his father wanted for him. No, no, no. And Pistachio, I don't remember why. Pistachio's father wanted him to be Sorry, he's like what? him. A master of disguise. Yes. He wanted uh, he wanted him to be cool and sexy and James Brolin. And James Brolin-esque. Yeah, but unfortunately, Pistachio's a little a little sweet nut. He's a little dweeb. And he's he quite slim. He hasn't figured it out. If it was a club that would let, that he would be a member of, it would be the Tortoisey Club. <laughs> it's not quite a turtle, but he's a turtle. But when Pistachio's father and mother with a big butt... She's got a huge pick of uh, Kidnapped, Pistachio is forced to embrace... The life of a disguise. Um, a disguise. His grandpa comes to his home and he teaches him how to do impressions and how to put on makeup to look like those people that he's doing the impressions of. He starts quite simple with um, a, a very a very offensive brown face <laughs> when he plays um, an Indian snake charmer. <laughs> Um, really upsetting. This was on par with how upsetting the Mike Myers reference was, was just how offensive this brown face was. Yeah. Because the voice was bad. The skin color was, um, upsetting because it was brown. And Dennis Carver is actually a white guy. Some say that he looks a little bit Italian, but he does look like a Northern Italian, which is close to Iceland. <laughs> so he looks quite white. And, um, the very upsetting thing I kept, I kept bringing up when watching this was the teeth. Yeah. There was no need to change his teeth. Mm. They felt the need to change his teeth <laughs> for this scene and make them just very it just it's just upsetting that they would do that. You don't need to go all the way with these characters. No. You don't need to go all the way. Keep the teeth the same. They went all the way. Now, they went as, all the way. As a student of acting, I would say that it was a solid impression mm. of a Bombay accent. Yes. But I don't think it's right. It's not right. They shouldn't have done that. Peter Sellers had already done that in the party in the 1960s. Yeah. And this and this makes Peter Sellers look like... Very tasteful. <laughs> yeah. Very tasteful when, you think, when I remember the party, Peter Sellers was in very minimal brown face. Yeah, quite minimal. This is severe. <laughs> this is like... Very, very severe. This is boot polish. So I've already warned the Italian families with this. If you are um, a person of... Um, uh, Indian heritage or someone who feels like they could be offended by that kind of thing and you're watching sure. if your perhaps your Indian parents um, just just turn off the movie and watch something else I reckon put on Shrek put Shrek on that's not going to be upsetting yeah unless you're offended by green face um, <laughs> so that's the first disguise can I ask a question do. you ever do sure. green faces <laughs> yeah I did, I did what was that like <laughs> what is green faces to you Green Faces was a uh, comedy competition ran in Canberra. Yeah. Um, and I did it in 2012. And I went, uh, I lost <laughs> to Tom Cashman. Oh, great comedian. Yeah, great comedian. He's a really funny local guy. I went all the way down to Canberra, stayed the night um, with uh, some great comedic folks such as Nina <laughs> Oyama, Tom Cashman. Really good friends of mine. Um, Chris Lieben. A really Francis, close friend of mine. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Francis Blair. Yes, Francis Blair and um, Doug Souter. And the host of the night was Russell Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. And he was very funny and very lovely. Very and then very I funny, lost. Man. I got real drunk. 
in Canberra. Shit up in Canberra. That's really cool, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That was four years ago, but you know, I'm still hanging on. Congratulations, Cameron. Really proud of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for asking about green faces. (laughs) Oh, well, I try to make this a bit of an interview show as well. Yeah. um, Just for our guests. Did you ever do it? No, never. Oh, really? Never really did it. Um, Fine, I can't think offensive. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so the rest of the movie basically is Pistachio basically doing a punch of uh, a bunch of impressions and characters. a lot of impressions. Um, and it makes me think. You know what this movie makes me think? It may, when I watched it, I thought this movie just screams out to me. Dana wishes that he was still on SNL. Yeah, because there's all these great characters on this movie. He put one of my favorite characters in the movie is a character called Gammy Num Num. Oh, yeah, you loved Gammy Num Num. I thought this character was so you funny. You yourself. I was laughing the whole time Gammy Num Num was in this. It was a fun character that he was playing that's kind of based on Ruth Gordon, mm-hmm. who was a great actor from Rosemary's Baby and Harold and Maud. Mm-hmm. We, I don't know if that's true because I didn't pick that up when I was watching the movie, but then I looked on the Wikipedia page and they said it was based on Ruth I Gordon. Can't, I can't see it. I don't see it at all because this character didn't really feel like a... <laughs> the English and Ruth Gordon <laughs> is a very strong New York accent. I actually did a... Did that in my uh, SNL reel. Oh. I did a Ruth Gordon impression for my, for my SNL reel. <laughs> so you can check that out on the Facebook page. I'll put that up there. But um, but uh, I like I like Dana doing characters. Yeah. And I feel like he wishes he was still on SNL, or at the very least he wishes the Dana Carvey show went for longer than yeah. a season. Or he had an outlet like Mike to do characters, and I feel like this is what that movie was. And it... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. He, like, Dana works on TV, mm. right? Like, he's he's a great cast member on he's, on SNL. He's, he's Dana Carvey show was great. Actually, I really, really like Dana Carvey. He's a heavy hitter. I wouldn't hitter. have started this po- podcast with, without Dana Carvey. Yeah, and by the way, long-time listener. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, I love all But I characters. feel like these characters were awesome. What I said to you in this moment was there were a few characters that I loved so much, mm-hmm. I wish that they had been in Austin Powers films. Because yes. I would have loved to have seen Dana Carvey be part of the Austin Powers franchise. If I could rewrite history... This is where I would start putting him yeah. in these movies. And I think Gammy Num Nums, I said that this would be a great character um, for Austin Powers when he comes back to life in the 90s mm. or the 2000s, what depends on what movie it is. If this, uh, if Gammy Num Num, who's an older Ruth Gordon-esque character, mm. an older woman, if this had been a sexy woman they had an affair with back in the 60s and was still in love with him in the 90s, but now he's turned off because she's old. That but would have been funny. Throughout the film, they sort of develop a respect for each other. Yeah, a, something a like bond. that. And then there's another character that could have been perfect for this, which I. Mm. What's the character's name? Uh, Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. Is his name. And, and who's you the base really on? loved him. David Niven. David Niven. It's a David Niven impression, and it's very. He's actually called Terry Suave. Terry Suave, great name. Great name. Now, this, this character is. is the funniest character in the film. And it's he's in the film impression. for mm, a minute, two minutes. Yeah, and this is why I think... He kind Dana- of talks like this. Hello there. Welcome to the thing. I am here to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's really it's, like that. It's very clipped and very British and very aristocratic. And he has and he's a, a thin moustache, which is very erotic. Very erotic. One of the most erotic things you can do for your lover is grow a tiny, tiny moustache. And if you can't grow one, draw one on. And it's very... It's such a funny character. Mm. Very funny. It kind of reminds me of a Ray Fiennes. It's very Ray. He looks like Ray Fiennes in uh, the Wes Anderson movie. Yes, the Great Budapest Hotel. The last great Marigold. <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
Sure. Yeah, and it's um, it's very similar to that, and I think it's cool. He's very suave. He's sexy. He's actually. debonair. This is the first time I've seen Dana be sexy. Can I ask you a question. Did this make you horny, baby? Yes. Yeah. I'll be honest. It yeah. made me horny because he was confident. He was leading with his hips. He had a cane that he kept clicking around and That's sort of cool. hitting things with, and I was just like, this guy knows his way around. Labia Majora, Labia Majora, she's Jewish. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a great character. Is that a cool? good joke? <laughs> I think that's a good joke. <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't laugh very much, so you sure. probably couldn't tell. Sure. I gave a little chuckle, so I, I think it's funny. I might uh, hang on to it. Yeah, I'm not a big laugher, though, so <laughs> a very serious guy. Um, um, I think that this would be the great Austin Powers character as like a rival. Yes. Someone else who rival. works for um, the secret agent, whatever, whatever it is called. <laughs> I've seen that movie 4,000 times, so I don't know what it's called. Horny agency, yeah, I the, guess. Or the, or the, 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 uh, the MoMA, yeah. Like, obviously, we know that Basil Austin- Boss. Austin's the best spy that there is. But mm. what if there was someone who was always number two? And I'm not talking about number we're two. We're not talking about Robert Wagner. No, I'm not and we're not talking about Robert Lowe. No, I'm not talking about Wagner or Lowe. Which, mm. Where do you fall in the Kinsey spectrum, Wagner or Lowe? Well, Rob Lowe is very cool and very sexy. He's mm-hmm. also a naughty boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's very naughty. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like naughty boys a lot. And no one is naughtier than Robert Wagner. Really? Is he actually suspected of murder? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually uh, he's actually someone that often people theorize he murdered Natalie Woods. Uh, of course, people often think about that. When I think about that, and whenever people bring that conspiracy theory up to me, I just go, you know what? Just walking away from me. All yeah, right, yeah. Christopher Walken was on there on the same boat. That's why. <laughs> it's <fun>. Is that <laughs> weird? That That's I actually said that, really then? weird that you said that because Christopher Walken was on the boat. Actually, I did do a really good Christopher Walken impression. Okay. Yeah. Show us. No, no. I've got it on a tape though. Oh, it's do it right now. I want to do it live. Okay, fine. I'll give you a little shot. Okay, I won't look. I just do a little shot. Okay. Hey. You guys, uh, yeah, I had this watch up my at my butt. Oh, I know this one. It's um for twelve years. Uh, that's uh, oh, um, we're gonna hunt some deers. Uh, John Travolta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandy, Sandy, baby, yeah, you make me horny, baby. It's <laughs> good. That's very. Yeah, very I do good. love New York actors. Yeah, yeah, you love New York. Sometimes Which when is... I'm driving late at night, that's good. I like to pretend to drive on the other side of the road, my dear. I, I don't know what that was. Uh, that was <laughs> it was good for a few words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good at first. So this Terry Suave character could have been, you know what? No, don't put him in Austin Powers one. That's got to be the Austin Powers yes. show. Put him in two or three. Two or three or four. I think this Ooh. would be really great for four. Because I would also love to see um, see them, like we go cut back in time where they're, they're friendly rivals, a.k.a. Mm. like Alec Trevelyan and James Bond. They're or most- like Garth and Wayne. Garth and Wayne. We see them back in their young days, like in Goldeneye, where we see Sean yep. Bean, excuse me, and Pierce Brosnan on a little mission together, then cut too many years later, and then they're old men. Mm. I reckon Austin Powers, because Austin Powers has been in the world now, he's older. Because he, he's been frozen, but he's still older because he's aged. Sure. But then this guy is much older. Yeah. Because he didn't get, he didn't frozen, get frozen. But he's still cool. 
Yeah, I like that. Terry Suave, cool character. Really and you know cool what? Character. If we this is my pitch for Austin Four. Yeah. If we had uh, Terry Suave and Gammy Num Nums yes. both in there, so this is a full on. Dana and Mike reunion film. This is a great. This pitch. is us to go. Look, guys, we know that we're not really digging Mike so much at the moment. We know Dana. You know, obviously, Secret Life of Pets is out right now yeah. in cinemas. Really um, great film, guys. Go take your whole family to see it. You don't need to put it on mute. Yeah. <laughs> um. But this is the first time that we've seen them together, apart from reunions. Let's get them in a film. They're yeah. both doing characters. And these are um, two characters, characters. This is great because they're two characters literally from Austin's past catching up with him in the future. Yes. Dana is a character There's a from meta Mike's past. level there. He's a friend from Mike's past. And now they're coming back together in now, the future. Now, did you say pastor? Well. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, guys, we're just about an hour into the show. So we're just going to take our second break. Um, Cameron, thank you for joining us on this program. Yeah. Would you stay with us for a bit longer? Uh, yeah. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. I'm just going to do a quick break. And here's a word from our unofficial sponsor. <laughs> hey, guys. Don't know if you've heard about this yet, but one of the greatest films of the year is happening right now in a cinema near you. That's right. The latest film from Illumination Entertainment, The Secret Life of Pets, has just been released. What a fantastic film. Hey, have you ever wondered what the life of a pet is like from their perspective down on the floor and the ground? Well, it's a secret, and you'll never find out. Unless you go to the cinema and see The Secret Life of Pets, that is. It's a great film for the whole family. It stars great actors, such as Dana Carvey, who plays a dog without any legs. Oh, I don't have any legs. Yeah, and I think he does a Robert Shaw impression during it. So. Oh, Chiefy. That's a little clip from the movie. We've also got Louis C.K. in it. I like to calm on my daughter's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I merged a couple of these bits together. And we've also got <laughs> we've also got we've also got Kevin Hart, another funny comedian. I'm making waffles. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, that's right. This film is right now out in cinemas, so go out and see it. Take your whole family. <laughs> Take your daughters to go see. The Secret Life of Pets, the latest film from Illumination Entertainment, the people that bought you Minions. So if you like Minions, you love Dana, I'm sure you do, you listen to this podcast after all, and go down and see The Secret Life of Pets in cinemas now, worldwide. Thank you uh, to Illumination Entertainment for unofficially sponsoring this show. And we're back from a break. Thanks Excellent. for sticking around. I'm here with Cameron James, local hey. Sydney comedian. Uh, and we're talking about the Master of Disguise on the Carving It Up podcast, the official podcast. <laughs> That's right. We're the official podcast about Data Carvey. <laughs> Verified. Verified podcast. Okay. Um, now, we got way late a little bit because we were discussing... Potential Austin Four um, mm. spinoff, which we I think that's a pretty good idea. I think it's a really good idea. We should sanction that and give that um, pass that on to Mike. Now, what um, 
honestly, there's so much more plot to this movie, but who who cares? Yes, let's talk about um, more impressions that he does. Yeah, what else does he do? He does. Well, he does the impression of George W. Bush. Yes, not George H. W. Who he does a famous impression of on SNL. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah, Cameron will not do that impression. I'm not going to do it. He refuses to do it. <laughs> um, but uh, George W. Bush, actually in this time, 2001, famously is a president of the United States at this time. And one of the lead people that changed the world in this sure. time. So it's quite a little nice capsule of history to see Dana trying this out, doing an impression of a current sitting president. Not Prime Minister. Not Prime Minister. I would love to see his Tony. <laughs> would love to see his Tony Abbott or Blair just to give it a shot. Francis Blair. Francis Blair <laughs> from Green Faces, if you're listening to that story earlier. <laughs> uh, just so we can't cut it out. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm planting that seed back in. Yeah. <laughs> what else does he do? He does an impression of... Um, I actually like the George W. Bush one. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, me too. I, think, I prefer Frank Caliendo. I prefer William Ferrell. That's who it was. On, okay, so Dana Carvey's been doing the talk show, uh, the mm. podcast round lately because he's promoting film... I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, sorry, Secret Life of Pies. Secret Life of Pies. Secret yeah. Life of Pie? Yeah, Secret Life of Pie. Secret pies. Life of Pies. He pets. plays a pie with no legs. Okay, well, that's cool because he did play a pie in this film too. <laughs> <laughs> he does an impression of a pie, a cherry pie. He plays... And this is quite fun because this happens right after American Pie. And I think this would have added a little bit more humor in this movie if we saw Mm. Jason Biggs. Yeah, yeah. If they got a Jason Biggs cameo and he walks into the scene. Or even if Dana Carvey plays Jason Biggs. And he looks down at the pie and he looks up at the camera and he raises his eyebrows. And then just before he gets a chance to fuck it, Dana Carvey bursts out of the pie and goes, No, no, don't fuck me. (laughs) No, no, I'm not a warm apple pie. Yeah, that would have been cool. So he plays this, he plays Cherry Pie Man. That's what he's credited as. He's got uh, mutated bumps all over his skin. He looks like a giant blood clot or something. It's disgusting. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it's like something out of a Lynch film, basically. It's, it's really upsetting. Ugh. And then... Uh, what other characters does he uh, play? He does Quint. Yes, from Robert Jaws. Shaw from Jaws. Which is a reference all kids appreciate. Kids love Jaws, and they don't just care about the shark because it's no, cool. And they don't scary care about the iconic monster. music. No, they don't. That's not what they're interested in. No. Six-year-old kids in the year two thousand and two love Robert Shaw. I love character actor Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. They think that's so funny, <laughs> and that's what they get about this movie. What the director Monsco says he gets is that he's either the mind of a child. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets what kids think is funny and cool. And they're like, this is a reference that I'm going to get. Yeah. And uh, shortly after that scene, he does an impression of a cow shit. Oh, yeah. He plays a, he plays a cow pat. Yeah. <laughs> he plays a cow pat in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good impression. But I guess it couldn't be any better. No, it's probably the definitive cow pat impression. Yeah. Awesome. It's cow pat. It's a cow That's pat. A SNL reference. <laughs> yeah, what is SNL to you? SNL to it's me. It's a show. Okay, is let's keep going. A film. Oh, okay. Like the the ladies' man or something. Oh, sorry, I meant a, a show. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the next impression that we've got on here? Oh, this is probably the most famous impression. Mm. Of the film. Yes. I'd say it's the centerpiece of the film. Mm, the centipede. The human centerpiece <laughs> of the human film. Centerpiece. By the way, you can check out my human centipede podcast, <laughs> Human Centerpiece. 
You can download it on iTunes. <laughs> download it on iTunes. Give it a few stars. Give it 17 stars. Give it 100 stars. <laughs> One for each member of the Human Centipede Part 2, the second sequence. He uh, he does... He gate crashes a party. Mm. And he does an impression of Tony Montana from Scarface. Oh, that's really funny. That's really that's- funny. Because kids love Brian De Palma. <laughs> they do. They-, they love the... Erotic, sensual thrillers. Yeah, and it's really funny because everyone knows Scarface is a character for adults. He sure. loves to snort weed and <laughs> and cocaine and kiss girls. And kiss girls that he's like Michelle Pfeiffer and also his sister. He has a weird relationship with his sister in this movie. Love kids have sisters, and um, they can almost relate to that. So it's pretty creepy and scary, and it's very funny. Very on the nose. Do you playing think a it's Cubano, a good impression? I think it's a funny impression. That's what I like about Daniel Carvey's impressions is that they're funny more than they are accurate. Yeah, and that's true. And it's a take on a character. And he's kind of the guy that developed that. Because before that, it was all like Rich Little. <laughs> you know, like impressions like impression is like Rich Little from like the 80s where it's very accurate. Yeah. And that's the main thing is that they're an accurate impression. He just made them fun. Like George H.W. Bush is not like that at all. It doesn't sound anything like him. <laughs> I think that's great. And I love Dana Carvey for doing that and taking comedy forward a step. I've he heard made, people he say made that- com- uh, He progressed comedy forward. The George H.W. Bush started to talk more like the Dana Carvey mm. impression of him after that blew up. Yeah. Because people loved it. Yeah. And they wanted him to be like that. Well, he's got a good sense of humor, I reckon. Yeah. I think with a son like that, the greatest joke in the world. I think George W. Bush is very funny. Yeah. I think he really is a funny boy. I think George W. Bush is sexy. I think he is sexy too. He yeah. looks a little bit like Robert De Niro. I think he's got There's something about mischief him. in his eyes. He's a cheeky boy. Yeah, he knows he's, he's done bad. He and knows he's, he's cheeky. Done bad. Yeah. And that's what I like about him. I love a cheeky boy. Does he make you honey? I'm trying to think if he makes me horny. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you just joined us, you're listening to Carving It Up, the Dan and Carvey podcast. I'm joined by Cameron James, he's a local comedian, and he's just asked me a question. That question was, does George W. Bush make me horny? Uh, that's an answer. I must say, he does. Okay. He does make me horny. All right. Yeah, it's really funny. And that's um, really funny for kids to make you a little bit horny, I think, because it's cheeky. It's yeah, cheeky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, what does he do anymore? I don't think he does. Oh no, he yes does he does. Forest. In the entire end sequence. Oh of the my film. god! Look, before we get to that, let's just wrap up the plot because everyone's listening. They want to know what happens in this movie. What yes. is it? What happens? Does what Pistachio happens? ever find the thing? Does, does he, he ever, ever get to become? Does he ever rescue his parents? Does, does he, he become a true master? Does he find a big butt? Does he finally get to pump a butt full of his little pistachio nuts? And does he get to pistachio nut in a woman with a big butt? And the answer is no. But he does fall for the very beguiling Jennifer Esposito. Who you might know from Spin City. And believe me, she sent me for a spin. She's a babe. 10 yes. out of 10. She, you may remember her from the movie Crash. And yes, she did get me into a crash when I thought about her when I was driving for the first time. <laughs> That's right. Jennifer Esposito is in this movie. Former flame of Bradley Cooper, I think. 
and she's in this movie, and she falls in love with him. And she doesn't get much to do, and I no, feel bad for her not. as an actor because she's very talented. And I, I feel thought... bad for women in Hollywood. Yeah, I do because too. they don't get enough meaty parts. I would have when... loved to see her have a media part. I shot pistachio at Bollywood, when... and that media part would have up. He would when... like it more. <laughs> when the best female part in this film is Gammy Num Nums. <laughs> That's when you know you're in trouble, cinematically. Yeah. So, um, Pistachio ends up with a girl. She doesn't have a big butt, but he loves her for her personality. That's really good, really positive message for kids, because the world's not all about butts. It's very rare you're going to meet a girl for perfect butt. Sometimes it's about boobs, sometimes it's about legs, sometimes it's about brains. Yes. And I think it's really good to appreciate someone for their brains, their brawn, and their personality. <laughs> Absolutely. Does he rescue his family? Yes, yes he, he does. Yes, he does. He, with the help of Papa. Papa. He... Rescues James Brolin and his He's beautiful mum. Played by Ferris Bueller's secretary. Yeah, who's a very funny woman, very underused funny woman. and underutilized in this and film. Underknown. I don't know her name. And undeniable. <laughs> She's undeniable talent. She's an undeniable talent. <laughs> <laughs> in the biz, I'd love to see more. Of Sorry, her. everybody, we're really high right now. Yeah, the, no, we're not actually. Don't don't cop out, That's mate. True. This is That's a very true. serious show. That's true. We're having a little bit of fun here on the Dana Carvey project this week on RN. Um, but and then it's just uh, one of those nights. At the very end, he he becomes an official master of disguise. Yes, and then the movie ends. He gets or married, so it would seem. So it would seem the movie ends. I looked at the runtime. It was 65 minutes. I thought, there's no way this movie's done at 65 minutes. But luckily for me, yes. Luckily for me, there was another 15 minutes hiding in the credits. Yeah. You've seen the Marvel movies. You know all about post-credits, mid-credit sequences. Yes. Welcome to the cinematic Carvey universe, the CCU, where you get 15 minutes of bonus material in your post Credit sequence. Why is that? A lot of stuff. Probably to legally be able to release this in cinemas (laughs) as a feature film. Yes, because it would have been much under the (laughs) runtime. You watch uh, in the post credits. uh, He does. I think what the problem was why they didn't get enough time in the movie was they actually spent too much time in that moment after nine eleven was announced. (laughs) They didn't get. They didn't film. They didn't film enough. They were clearly. I think. This post credits proves they did film a lot. Okay, but they were just very distracted. Yeah, they, they had a lot on their minds, and God bless them for trying to make America laugh again. Now, what do we get in this post credit scene? We get uh, extra deleted scenes of the impressions of that we've characters. already seen. Yeah, we see a little gummy num num. We see a little Terry Suave. We, we see, see a little offensive bit of brown face. We man. see him come back. We see a little bit of Tony Montana. We see. No. An, we see. Bloopers of Tony Montana. Yeah, he's got, you'll see a B. There's a little B. You're my little friend B. Yeah. There's a B. There's a B on me. And there's a little B on him. Yeah. And then the, he's doing a scene with a waiter. And the and waiter does not laugh. The waiter does not break. The waiter is the uh, MVP. Would you think this is good that the waiter didn't break? Do you think that the director was like, wow, thank you so much. You're a really great actor. He didn't let something that was very funny break you. Or do you think that's so offensive that this guy didn't <laughs> find it funny? Like, if you were in that moment, because you're an actor, sure. if you were in that moment and you were doing a scene with Dana Carvey and he starts riffing on a B mm. as Tony Montana, and you're playing the waiter, what do you do? I'd be thinking this. Okay, there's a B hovering around the set. This is not going to be in the movie. <laughs> 
Anything Dana says at this point, I should just give him a chuckle to let him know. I think he's funny. He's doing a great job as a lead actor in a film. This guy (laughs) is uh, using the method, I believe. Yeah. He doesn't break. He doesn't break at all. He just is like, well, I guess maybe he is afraid of the bee. And I of hope Dana that's his thing. I hope he's afraid of the bees. Like, yeah. sorry, Dan. I hope after he was like, oh, Dana, you were so funny today on set when you're riffing about that bee. But I was actually too scared to laugh. Apologies, I didn't laugh. But I actually I'm would, phobic. I would have said LOL if, yeah. I, if I was invented. And yet. then Dana probably would have said, because he's still caught up in this Tony Montana still in anger. He probably would have been like, you know, you're... Afraid of B? Well, you're not afraid of the B list because you're going to be a B list actor now. And he's like, "Thank you so much. I was just a featured extra, so that's actually a really good opportunity for me, Dana Carvey. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for really helping me with my career. You're welcome. Thanks. What other characters does he do in this thing? He does. Um, did you say he does Forrest Gump? He does Forrest Gump. He does do Forrest Gump, doesn't he? Forrest Gump at this point in time was eight years ago, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. And it's not even the iconic life is like a box of chocolates. It's him in the jogging uniform as Forrest Gump. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, Forrest else? Gump has got a humongous beard. That's right. Like one of those hipsters. He does... Um... Groucho Marx. That's very funny. He does the famous Groucho Marx joke. Uh, he does a caveman. He does a caveman. He does a vampire for some reason. Yeah, what is that vampire character that he does? I just think it's a vampire. I don't think there's any character to it. I think they just <laughs> Why? put him on a cape. and Yeah, that was very odd. should have said something funny like, I want to suck your dick or something. Like, that would have been <laughs> well, that's funny. Actually, it's a children's movie, that's so true. it's actually illegal to, um, yeah. to make kids horny like that. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, and, and then, then, there's, and then there's a whole scene that goes for, I want to say, forever. six minutes. I want to say forever, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like sometimes I have nightmares that I'm still watching this scene. Yeah. What is that scene? What it's a scene where there's, he's being trained how to slap throughout this whole movie. That's mm-hmm. how the master of disguise, he's fight back. That's true. And there's a slapping machine. It's like a bucket with a head upon it, and it's got two arms that slap. And this machine has been really a menace to um, Dana Carvey's character, Pistachio Disguise, throughout the whole film. And at the end of it, he opens it up and there's a tiny little mini-me in there. <laughs> there's a small actor. Yeah. He gets his own mini-me. Yeah. And yet another link to the Myers universe. It is odd that that's in there. He's dressed like Mario as well. Yeah, he's wearing which a is little, unexplained. a red shirt and overalls, his golden moustache. And he says, I like to slap. And then I like to slap. The little mini Mini Dana, what does he do? Mini disguise He chases Dana Carvey around in a sort of <sighs> monkeys-esque... It's stupid as hell. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Opening it's sequence. It's kind of like that scene at the start of Austin Powers when the mob are chasing him and he's hiding behind yes, things. Very similar to that scene. Um, he gets chased around, he gets slapped around, and then... Fade to black. This is definitely Thank the God. end of the movie. We okay. can all say a prayer. The movie's over. All right. Oh. Don't speak too oh, soon. Sorry, what's happening? We faded back up, and now it's just Dana out of character, sitting with the little actor, oh. and he asks us what we're still doing here. We got to go. Yeah, what it's are you still so doing? offensive. Very. <laughs> it's so offensive to do that to an audience. Yeah, especially like, why are you guys still here? Are you dumb? After this, yeah, and we we're, we're also already thinking that. It's like, why are you doing this to us? Then you know we're still here because <laughs> there's still there's still time on our ticket. 
There's still time. Everyone looks at their ticket. What time? Because the movie as ends? you all know, when you go to the movies, you're not paying for the movie. You're paying rent. You're paying. You're paying rent. ninety minutes rent in a room. Exactly, and you have to honor everyone that works in the film. That's why you stay for the whole credits. Yeah, and that's what I think everyone needs to do is stay for the entire credits of every film. You stay. You show respect to the people that just made this. Really funny movie. Sure, I stayed to the very end of the uh, Ghostbusters credits the other mm. night. I did. I loved it. I went to the very end of it. You know, I actually stayed um to the very last credits of a little movie called The Secret Life of Pets. Um, really, really funny movie. Really, really funny. It's got Dana Carvey in it and Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart. Really funny movie. Take your whole family to see The Secret Life of Pets in cinemas now. And. Uh- <laughs> Okay, so that, that scene ends, fades back down again. All right, the movie's definitely over. Yes, right? I think We goodness. can chill out, we can we can debrief, we can think about what we've seen. Hang on a second, no, it's come back up, and now we get a string of bloopers of just the dog. There's a dog in this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, there was a dog in this movie. <laughs> we see the dog I falling over that. a few times, we see the dog missing its oh, mark. It rides a skateboard It rides a, a skateboard, times. we see its butthole when it's Yeah, you actually skateboard. see its dog's Beast hole. And I'm pretty sure that's how the movie ends, just with a... I, I might have imagined this, but I'm thinking like a Scorsese-type um, vignette that zooms in on the dog's butthole. Yeah, it's like a closing circle. Like the end of the Looney Tunes yeah. movies, where it just closes in on that butthole, and then the butthole winks at the camera, and it goes, Doink! and then that's the end of the movie. I yeah. think I made that up, but I that's think you made sort it of up, how it ended. It's kind of how it felt. <laughs> I really felt this film... Was like staring into a dog's butthole for a few hours. Is <laughs> really what this film most is like, and that's a real shame for Dana Carvey and for all the Daniacs out there, all the Carve Bunkles that love Dana Carvey mm. and want to see his version of a big screen sketch movie. And um, unfortunately, we didn't get that with this film. No, and it's it's a real crying shame. And I really hope that um, Secret Life of Pets lives up to everyone's. Uh, Lofty expectations. No, who's is Danny Carvey? In Danny it? Carvey stars in Secret Life of Pets. It's a film currently in cinemas right now, and you can go check it out um, if you've got the money. If you don't have the money, um, wait for it on. Um, it'll come out on. It'll, I'm sure. Blockbuster. I'm sure Danny will demand. sort something out for us. He's a really great guy. I've had the pleasure. I've had the pleasure of um, following him on Twitter. I haven't had the pleasure, baby. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that is a comprehensive discussion on the 2002 film, The Master of Disguise. Do you Dan have Kazi, uh, any closing thoughts on this? I have a few closing thoughts. I think that um, this film. I just want to reiterate: if you are watching it, if you're the attended audience, which is a young boy or girl uh, who is of Italian or Greek heritage, <laughs> uh, you are probably most likely watching it in your family living room. And as we all know, families uh, of that nationalities often live together, mm-hmm. and often the couch is actually covered in plastic to keep it in mint condition in case you ever need to resell it. Um, you're probably sitting on that couch, squelching around on that plastic. And um, just want to remind everyone to please put it on mute. Please watch this movie on mute because there are some really offensive stereotypes. And I do not want to trigger your grandparents. Mm. Um, they're very passionate people. <laughs> they're very passionate people. Sure. The, the people from the Mediterranean area. Would you like the Anglo perspective? Yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective because I don't see that at all. No. I, that's not my perspective. No, yours is a Mediterranean perspective. Yeah, really quite. Um, I've got very olive skin. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Passionate. Passionate, skin. really, person. Yeah, really passionate person. So I love to hear your perspective from a wasp. 
Okay, as a <laughs> as a wasp, how do as you feel? a suburbanite, um, I would say it's funny when he does all the wog voices. Yeah, and I see that the brown face is cool too. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Please turn that scene off <laughs> if you're watching this and you are of that perspective. Look, I, I'll give an honest appraisal at the very end here. I think that Dana Carvey is really funny. I think he's one of the funniest people to come out of SNL. Yes. I think he's one of the funniest sketch actors and character actors. I, lo- I love him so much in Wayne's World 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Like, those films are a big part of my life, and he's effortlessly endearing and hilarious. And he gives a films. terrific performance in those films. Great performance. And he gives some great performances in this, but it's just not funny enough. Yeah, I think the difference is with those Wayne's World movies, the character of Garth Elgar, that is a character that was already developed for SNL, mm-hmm. and what he does so marvellously in those films is <laughs> Thank you, Billy Crystal. <laughs> is that he... <laughs> <laughs> he's able to bring this kind of one-note sketch character to life. Sure. <laughs> he's able... And really make it feel like a three-dimensional Whereas character. Whereas in this film, he brings one-note sketch characters to their very timely death. <laughs> fact- yeah, it's very timely. Because I think uh, Robert Shaw should be dead by now. <laughs> and Ruth Gordon definitely should be dead. And David Niven also should be dead. I'm and not the cherry saying- pie, man. Cherry pie- <laughs> I'm not saying that to be offensive or to be provocative to get more listeners and go viral with this podcast. But because they would be very, very old by that point in time. And I pray to gods, the merciful god that we have. Zeus. Zeus, that they would be killed and struck down. Well, um, I I didn't enjoy this movie. I did enjoy parts of it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched it, but I would never watch it again. <laughs> That's how I feel. I might just watch the Gabby Num Num scenes, the Terry, um, the Terry scenes, Terry Suave, just to relive a little bit of my life with those characters. Now, would you care to join me on my Mike Myers podcast? I would love to, Cameron. That's a really fantastic offer from you. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on the Dana Carvey Project, Carving It Up, the Thanks official podcast me. of Dana Carvey's career in film and on television and also as a voice actor. Cameron, do you have anything you'd love to promote? I'd like to plug the Mike Myers podcast that I co-host with Alexi Toliopoulos. It's yes. called Mike Check. Um, you can find that on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and also the the original film podcast that I co-host with uh, Alexi Toliopoulos and Henry Stone, it's called the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. That's the one that originated the Mike Check experience. I understand that's a really fascinating podcast about cinema, films, movies, and um, <laughs> and also it's a little bit funny. It is a bit funny. It's yeah. a little bit funny. A little, this show's quite serious, so it's nice to get to get an insider knowledge on one actor that's quite serious, but then you can also listen to podcasts that's actually funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cameron, thank you for joining us. I'd love to have you back again. Yeah, I don't think I'll um, stop by. But thanks for the invite. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Daniacs, you've been listening to Carving It Up, the Dana Carvey, <laughs> the Dana Carvey podcast, all about Dana Carvey. And just one final word from our sponsors to close us out. What up, Daniacs? Thanks for joining us on an episode of the Dana Carvey podcast uh, called Carving It Up, the Dana Carvey podcast. Uh, <laughs> 
Just a little reminder, just at the end of the show, just want to remind everyone um, that the movie the Secret Life of Pests oh, is on. Oh, <laughs> it's it's in the cinemas right now, and everyone can watch that film and enjoy it. Uh, it's fun for the whole family. You got Dana Carvey in it, some funny people like Kevin Hart as well, and also Louis C.K. Um, it's in available in cinemas now, uh, anywhere near you. From the people that brought you Minions, Illumination Entertainment. I never looked that up. I think it's true. Uh, Thank you. Bye. Oh, it's only. It's also an unofficial sponsor. They never paid me for it. Am I getting paid? No, this is actually pro bono. I love you too. Thanks for joining us again this week, Daniacs, and hope you enjoyed our very first spin-off episode, carving it up, the Dana Carvey podcast. We're going back to Mike Check next week, and we've got a crack of an episode coming up. It's all about the movie 54, Mike Myers' first foray into the world of dramatic acting. If you want to watch 54, it's available on Netflix, but that's not the version we watch. We watch the director's cut, and that is not available online in Australia. It's a bit hard to track down, but you might be able to do it if you try real hard. It's significantly different a little bit, and but it's also quite interesting to read up on it. We'll probably post an article about that leading up to it, so if you want to check it out on our Facebook page, do so. Give us five stars on iTunes, and in your review, leave us the title and concept for what you would like our next spin-off episode to be all about. We'll see you guys next week, and remember, stay horny, babies. It's my check! It's my check! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.